We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They're sending the offense back out there, Jim. This is a chance to end the game for the Cleveland Browns. So they're going to go. I was a bit surprised just because it seemed a little bit early in the game to, to go for it in that situation. But, uh, you know, just got to make the most opportunity when, you know, when that big moment arrives. He wants the ball. He's got the ball. Up in the pocket. They chase him right. They got him. And they knock him down. The defending AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals and take them down. Shout out to the Browns social media team who we've you know been pretty hard on at times on this podcast, but the sideline to sideline video, which you can find linked in the description of this podcast episode, is on YouTube. It's fantastic. Really good nine minutes of highlights and just behind the scenes access to the Browns win over the Bengals. So shout out to them. Wanted to use some audio from that as a way to accentuate the great work they did. We have a great episode for you. Jordan Zerm joins Andrew and I, as we go through, look around the NFL, talk about some fun topics from week one with a little bit of a look ahead at week two. So enjoy the latest OBR film breakdown. Watson turns, rolls out to the right, looks open, touchdown! Harrison Bryant, wide open, the tight end on the right side, and with 9-11 left to go in the ballgame, it's beginning to feel like a Browns win today. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Happy Thursday. We have a fantastic show for you guys. We have Andrew Spade. Andrew's joining us, uh, you know, more frequently. I'm damn near calling him a co-host. He's here again. Andrew, what's happening, dude? Uh, not much, Jake. Just happy to be here. It's a, a weird Wednesday and that the Browns were off, so no real news of, of note. And so uh, kind of just waiting for them to get back in the building tomorrow, uh, get through the practice week and, and you know, kind of see see if there's any any injury updates for anybody else, if anybody else caught anything or, you know, just get into that flow. It's weird to, to be at the end of the day Wednesday and still not have that happening. But yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, bumps back a day, right? So yeah. like... Uh... In these days, Andrew, I know that I absolutely destroyed you in golf when we got together. Are you like refining any um, abilities on PS5 when there's no Browns news? Walk us through that. Uh, that's a good question, Jake, and I appreciate you asking. Um, uh, I I haven't I haven't picked up the sticks in a little bit. There's a new game out. I did called... notice that four months in of inactivity. I noticed. Yeah, there's a new game out called Starfield, 
which is a real nerdy one. And I don't want to go too far into that. To I don't want to burn all my street cred here in, in the first minute of the show. But uh, yeah. that's been taking a lot of my time, to be honest with you. I've heard it is an outer space version of like GTA type open world experience, right? Is I that think that sums cool? it up. Yeah, it, I'm right. I'm enjoying myself. I I like uh, you know sometimes when the the pressures of the world you know get get a uh, get get up and kind of overwhelm you, it's nice to just get in your star cruiser and head out to outer space. I love that. Love that for you personally. I will uh, probably end up buying that game too. I know that's why people are here to hear us talk about this. Mm-hmm. We have Jordan Zerm who's laughing at us. Um, meticulously because he should because we're yeah. talking about pretty ridiculous stuff right off the rip but jordan welcome in from the left coast what's up uh what's going on not laughing you guys i um i know of uh, of the game that you speak of i do enjoy the thought of just leaving earth at times uh when mm-hmm. things are going weird i play mlb the show a lot so oh. i i i am a i'm a closeted gamer um i uh, uh mlb the show and their diamond dynasty mode has uh gotten me fairly addicted so i'm i'm right there with you guys so um things are good man i would also say like i'm so once the nfl starts and then there's not games tuesday wednesday i'm like give me games like yes. i need the i need games yeah. so i'm yeah. i'm glad that you know we got tnf tomorrow this is it's in a just like mlb the show it's an addiction once these game starts i'm like what do you mean there's two days without nfl games what is this so yeah, they could absolutely be playing on tuesdays in my mind at this point Play on they, tuesdays, really, they really you truly cowards care. absolutely yeah. At least give us earlier maction in season. Mm. Like, what's mm-hmm. the Mac yeah. doing wasting half the year? Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, put these things on and get your brand rolling earlier. You know, yeah. I know uh, us Ohio guys, I know your roots are in Ohio, Jordan. We we love some action. So give us some college football on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Capitalize. We're begging you. Put Colorado on my TV on a Tuesday or Wednesday, oh. will you please? So please. We have five good topics for you. If you don't recall last year, kind of what we're framing our Thursday shows are, um, you know, kind of a midweek break. It's a little, you know, it's kind of a little day later, but it's a midweek break of talking Browns to look around the entire NFL. And I think that brings a different vibe to the pot. It's a little more relaxed, a little more fun. I have two great laughers here, two great jokesters. We're going to have a great time. And we're going to hit on these five topics, and I think you're going to enjoy this podcast. We're going to, uh, before we do that, though, I like, just like last year, Jordan, if you want to, you can hit lead off here. You know, you can be our Juan Pierre. That's a great call out. I know you guys know what that means. Wow. You incredible can be our reference. Juan Pierre. Yeah. You know, not no He's big a deal. Diamond Dynasty guy, so probably. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, the the um, grid stuff has really changed my memory of some of these things. Hit lead off for us. Talk about putting a bow on the Cincinnati game, just kind of where you're sitting after that game. And I was just like you, kind of, you guys, kind of to close the the thoughts around it. So go ahead. Yeah, I think I would just say because I know you guys have talked a lot already, just about you know how well the defense played, um, winning a, an opener for I think the third time since 1999. Um, I I just like the emotion I felt the the fourth down sack by Miles Garrett was one of those plays that just is such a big play for a week one game and such a like your best defensive player making a huge play when you need it at home crowd going nuts like I was I was amped and like it has been a a while maybe not a while I mean I think obviously when the Browns had their playoff run a couple years ago like there were those moments but this one just felt like such a that felt like such a statement play against a really really good football team um that I just like hadn't felt that sort of emotion in a little while um, as far as it goes with the Browns. So not only like 
was it one of the best defensive performances for men I think I've seen that I can remember, but like having that moment, you know, already. And there's that picture out now with Miles Garrett standing over Joe Burrow, who's like folded in half, like in mid somersault on the ground. And it's just like, man, you couldn't really ask for a better, I mean, offensively, yes, like they're nowhere near where they probably need to be, but like just from a defensive perspective, you, the vibes are high, I think, going into this Monday night football game. And that for me, like that was so much fun, man. And I just was not, ex- I was not expecting that at all. Like that type of, I mean, I think we thought the defense would be better, but it would take some time to get used to Schwartz's system and how they want to play And man. So I just think it was a statement. It felt awesome. I was running around my living room. Like it's a, what a great start. So that's really all I have to add is just how much damn fun that was. Andrew, give it to us. Good stuff, Jordan. Well, and, and, and I think to build off of what Jordan just said, the opportunity now that kind of sits in front of them, right? Um, going to Pittsburgh is never easy, but we know what the Steelers looked like on Sunday against the 49ers. There is unrest there, and if the Browns are able to kind of replicate some of what they were able to do, I think, truthfully, psychologically against the Bengals, right? I, there was a feeling early in that game where the Browns were bringing the physicality at a very high level. And Jake, you and I talked about this earlier this week. You could see the Bengals sort of decline to match that physicality. And I think that's always going to be hard to do against a Mike Tomlin team, to out-physical a Mike Tomlin team in Pittsburgh. But I do think because of the inconsistency in the Steelers' offense, there's the opportunity to kind of get up on them a little bit early and carry that emotion through. And so then, I mean, like, I, I really, I'm not trying to do the whole, like, you know, go all the way through the season schedule, but I just think about the opportunity that the Browns have in front of themselves coming home for two straight home games with a 2-0 and record in the division. I, I, you know, I don't think you can overstate for where this team has been the last two years, having, you know, middling starts where they're kind of, they're on and then they're off and then they're on, you know, and they're, they're kind of one game above or below 500 based on the week for them to be able to start hot, roll into that bye week strong. I, I think that changes so much of the, the expectation from the city and from the team itself for where they can go. I think you're already seeing it, right? Because a lot of, I mean, a lot of it has been, that was great. Can't wait for it to happen again. Like people need two of these, right? The, the one is like, okay, that could be a fluke. I'm not totally buying it. They go do this in Pittsburgh, and I'm not saying it has to be by 21. I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take a one point victory every day of the week. But going in and having that same sort of physicality, that same sort of purpose, two weeks in a row starts to make people believers in what this team can do. They're knocking off a bunch of checklist things if they get this done right. They haven't won. You know, we talked to Jordan. You mentioned the three games they hadn't won at home to open a season since '04. Haven't won a road game in Pittsburgh since 2003. There's not many that are left after you can get these two. Then it's like they haven't won the division since 89. That's the thing right now. Uh, our good friend, Anthony Reinhardt put out a fantastic graphic of where teams have started an undefeated like history for their organization. So the Browns haven't been two and zero since 1993. They haven't been four and zero since 1979. Um, I think they haven't been eight and zero since 1953. We could go on and on. But what I'm saying is, they almost need to, if they're attacking this in a way that I think is really unique with some of these guys who are, I, I mentioned this with Corey Kennan yesterday, they're older, more mature now. They're old. They've just been around these guys. It'd be really cool to see them kind of almost, you know, the Cavs had the puzzle they put together when they made their run yep. 
or something straight out of major league, the little different puzzle they had there, but um, just a way of like keeping track of what they should be trying to do. Like if like to your guys point here, if you go to Pittsburgh and win on the road and hell, if you were to find a way to make it not a one point or level one point win, but if they were to, to find some comfort in that, then this is different. And I think your point, Jordan, about that sack, man, like that felt like, oh, this is how the rest of the NFL feels with these games, yeah. having fun yes. with it, dominating someone, running the clock out with eight minutes left. Like you just don't have enough of them. And I, I always talk about how not every NFL experience is the same, right? You could put more effort into your team than anybody else does. But this person who's a fringe Bengals fan the last two years has just had a much more euphoric experience with the NFL. And that sucks. So it'd be really cool to see this fan base, listeners of this podcast, whatever, find a way to have more fun with the Cleveland Browns. And they're off to a great start. And let's hope they perpetuate that into Pittsburgh and have a great game. We'll talk more about that as the week wears on. We want to do, though, go around the NFL a little bit more. We're going to hit on, like I said, five topics, the first of which I'll go to you first, Andrew, your biggest week one surprise. There's always wild variance in week one. Just never can predict it. I hate to yeah. bet it. If, you, if you're out there betting it, there's some prop bets that we threw out that hit. They're right. The, I think Deshaun Watson's rushing yards and Nick Chubb receiving yards were pretty low-hanging fruit, but, boy, betting lines week one is – you do those survivor pools where you pick a winner, right? It's just it's dicey. You know, if you picked, uh, you know, for example, you pick the Bills, right? Or you pick – there was another – what's the other upset? The, uh, the the Rams game, right? You know, if yeah. you pick the Seahawks, that one yep. burned you. There's just weird, weird results. So give me your biggest week one surprise. Well, first, I just have to give myself a little bit of a plug here because I, I think I was 11-5 and five, uh, in my mm. week one picks wow. column. It may have been 10-6, and six, but either way. Uh, People yeah. are leaving money on the table if they're not following you. Yeah, the, and I mean, I, I can't stress enough how much you should not try and bet an entire NFL slate. That is Ooh. suicidal, but uh, pretty pleased with my week one start. So I just I just wanted to, you're going to mention not, not betting week one. I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. Um, my biggest surprise is the the most recent game that we watched on Monday night. Uh, I, I just cannot get over the Bills not getting that done against the Jets. Um, I know that the Jets have a really good defense, and I know that... Like you said, it's week one, and so there's inconsistencies. Allen's maybe not 100% comfortable with what they're doing on offense, and you know every year is a new year. But when the other team has their, not just starting quarterback, but savior of their organization leave on a cart after four plays, like he didn't, he didn't generate a fantasy point. He didn't contribute to the game at all, and he's gone. That is in and of itself is such a psychological blow that I can't I you know I cannot fathom letting that game get away. All they had to do, and this has been said by everybody in the nation, all they had to do was play it pretty close to the vest and you know drive the ball thirty yards down the field and kick a field goal and do that six times in a row and they would win easily. But Josh Allen seemingly can't help himself at times and. When you are in an AFC that has, we think, two or three really good teams in the AFC East, possibly four, you know, playoff contending teams in the AFC North, we'll get to the Steelers, uh, the Jaguars, and then, you know, quite a few teams in the AFC West, you can't just give games away like this when you have those sorts of opportunities. And, and it truly is like there wasn't one play where you said, well, there's Josh Allen giving the game away, but the way that he played throughout the there was just multiple times where you're like why josh why and whether it's week one or whenever i don't think you know if you're trying to win the afc go to the super bowl you can't really have 
entire games where you're perplexed at what the quarterback is trying to accomplish. Couldn't believe it. Real, I mean, genuinely could not believe what was transpiring there. And, and shout out to Robert Sala for, in a, in a situation like that, getting his team to somehow rally. 100%. And, and the shout out's probably Jordan Whitehead, who just was out of this world uh, back there at safety. But yeah, I, I just... You know, it's a it's a crossed feeling for Jets fans. An unbelievable win, but but we'll talk about it later. Just you mentioned it, Andrew. As gutting as it gets to the to the overall feel of your franchise to have that happen. Like I said, we'll put that off because we're going to talk about it later. Jordan, we'll go to you now. Your biggest week one surprise. My biggest week one surprise is is Tua, and I don't think it's you know we saw their offense at times, the Dolphins' offense, be really really good last year. So I don't think it's sort of the offensive output. That is as surprising to me, but it is some of the throws that Tua made. Um, yeah, I think his like biggest criticism right last year was when McDaniel's uh, Mike McDaniel's system wasn't sort of getting him open throws and sort of on time on schedule stuff. He was not good. Their offense really faltered. He had a couple of throws out of structure on Sunday that were pretty unbelievable. Um, I think they might have been two of the ones that, for me, were were both to Tyreek Hill, I think. He had one that basically he's on the move and he throws a little kind of go down the sideline that he just drops beautifully into Tyreek's hands. And then there was a fade in the end zone where the ball was like on a magnet into, I think it was Tyreek's hands. Forgive me if it was another receiver, but I'm pretty sure it was Tyreek. And, like, I think that's the sort of stuff where you're like, okay, you know, Tua was such a polarizing quarterback last season because people didn't really know what to make of him and didn't really know if he could sort of survive without, you know, the safety net of what that offense is. Um, And I still think like he's going to have that, right? Because that's the offense they're running. And Mike McDaniel is a really smart offensive um, play caller and schemer. So like, he's always going to have those throws, those easy throws, those on time on schedule throws, but he made some throws where I was just like, all right, Tua, like you've got my attention. That's pretty, Mm -hmm. those are pretty unbelievable throws. And like, if you're a Dolphins fan, you got to be ecstatic that if he's able to start doing some of that stuff out of structure on the run, some of those balls where he's just throwing dimes, like, yeah, I thought that was really impressive. And I was surprised by it because I sort of just was, I was like, yeah, Tua is, I think Tua is who he is. He's, he's maybe going to be able to quarterback this offense to a place where like it needs to be, but is he going to be able to make the plays and stuff breaks down and they really need it? Or when defenses are taking away the things that they do well. And like, you know, he just, he made them some throws that really impressed me. So he's honestly, he's my big surprise from, from week one. Are you taking Tua seriously as like an MVP candidate? That's my question. I mean, if you take to me, I watch them and I'm like, Tyreek Hill is unbelievable. And Jalen Waddle unbelievable in the way they use them like Mike McDaniel has somehow taken Tyreek to a level that Andy Reid couldn't even take him to so I just want I see him as like a Chris Paul he's just guiding directing throwing to places and I'm not trying to diminish him but like are you taking him over Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow like are you taking him that's my question and I think that that's something two of fans hate I just I I can't put him in an MVP conversation because I think that they just they, I mean, look at what Tyreek was able to do when he was out too. So it's just, eh, I don't know. Yeah, man. well, that's, I, could, I think that's, I think that's sort of, yes. Sorry, I just, I think that's sort of the point, though, right? Is like he doesn't really need to be much more than the guy that's, yeah, like getting the rock around. But yeah, when you have, when you have Tua running a little like three snap motion that has him about like thirty yards open in the middle of the field, and then he runs for about twenty more yards after the catch, yeah, just like get him the football in space. Um, 
But I do think those couple of throws. So, no, I don't think I would take him over those quarterbacks. I don't think I could put him in the MVP race. Although, if he's throwing for 466 every week, you might have right. to. Right. Um, but I do think, like, as long as he can make enough out-of-structure throws, that's really, like, all they need. Because most of his throws are going to be those scheduled throws. And then you just let the playmaking take over. But, um yeah, it's he's he's going to be fascinating again. Like I think this whole season, he's going to that offense and how he plays is going to be really, really fascinating. I, I think if they if the, yeah, I mean to your point, point Jordan, if they if he throws for five thousand yards and and they're like thirteen yeah. and four or fourteen and three, I mean I guess if Tyreek is on the receiving end of enough of those, he wins the MVP. But but to a certain extent, like I I I I don't think that. When when you're executing that consistently at that high of a level, it's not like the system is propping you up. It takes skill to be able to get the ball to the guys that are consistently in the right spot, right? I mean, we have we have Browns fans have seen for years receivers wa- running wide open and the the quarterback just won't throw the ball. So uh, you know, I I think when you're talking about football, it's to me it's a little bit different than like the Chris Paul comparison, just because it does take consistency and discipline to find that guy work through the progression. And, you know, I mean, yeah, sometimes it looks, I think that I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think the Dolphins offense makes it look really easy. I don't think what he's doing is like easy button stuff. A lot of the time, I, I think he's, he's processing really well. Okay. It'll be interesting to see how he handles some of the stuff when it does get to the point it did last year where teams figure it out and he does sure. have to make those throws that are actually yep. challenging. I mean, Tyreek's and, and Jalen Wanda, they create unbelievable separation. Um, all right. So that's week one surprises. I guess I should mention mine. I, the, to me, it's the Rams. I, I don't really think anybody we're going to talk about tanking in just a moment. Everybody loves to, to misunderstand NFL tanking. Uh, but they, I mean, not only do they win, but a 30 to 13 beatdown of the Seahawks. I know we just did our preview last week. The idiot known as me was taking the Seahawks pretty seriously. They threw for 112 yards. I mean, you have Jackson Smith and Jigma, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. You would think that they would be able to find some solutions. They give up 334 to Stafford, uh, Puka Nakua, I think is how you pronounce Puka, it. Baby. Puka baby. Yeah. Puka 15 targets, 10, ca- like, 2-2 Atwell, 6 for 119. Tyler Higby. Sean McVay is to, back. Um, hard, yeah, that hard was to take. slinging it. Mm-hmm. My man was slinging it. Like mm-hmm. He, he was, was slinging some... that pill. I love yeah. saying slinging it. slanging that thing. I love it, dude. Letting him fly. <laughs> he's or got that. nothing to lose. He should be slanging that thing. What's it matter? He doesn't even know <laughs> who right. these guys yeah, are. It's all, it's all house money for the Rams as an organization, right? <laughs> he sees um, a white is... jersey and he's like, I'll throw it. I, I don't know who you are, but I'll throw it to you. Yeah, I'll pin man. it on you. Uh, and and it's, yeah, it's worth mentioning the Seahawks lost both of their tackles in that game. So they're playing Eesh. two backup tackles against the Rams defense that should have trouble stopping everybody. So I think it was a little bit of a, a Seahawks worst nightmare game where they're down. They like to kind of work from ahead, run the ball, you know, give Gino throws within safety a little bit. You know, I, I think this was kind of game script wise. It got real ugly for them early. Um, but, but I do think it's, People are, are for sure, and I'm guilty of this as well, Jake. I was right there with you, sleeping on the combination of Matt Stafford and Sean McVay. Like, those two might be enough. What's it take to get Matt Stafford in New York? That's the question, Ooh. because that would make them pretty spicy. Anyway, well, they're 1-0. You know, they're winning the division, so what do they care? They're not trading him. Uh, let's do this. A different spin on surprise and say overreaction. Week one is full of overreactions. 
And I think that there are some that you can love because I think they're fun. And then I think there's some that you can just detest, which I'll give an overarching one as an example. When specific teams lose and national voices say this, this, the, the typical thing, there's nothing to worry about, right? They're going to be fine. While if another team loses, you're very willing to call their season. It's very interesting to me who they do that with and, and, and just gloss over some of the concerns that a team has not looking in Cleveland or anything, but I'm just saying it's a very popular thing to do. So I'm going to give both of you a chance to say, what's your week one overreaction you love? And what's the week one overreaction that you think is nonsense? You hate it. Jordan, we'll go to you first. Give it to us. What's your one that you love? The week one reaction, overreaction that you love. So I think my week one overreaction, and maybe it's not as loud, but the preseason hype was so loud for the Detroit Lions. We talked about this, um, I think, on when I was on the pod last week. But I was like, man, the Lions are going to get smoked. They're going to go into this nationally televised game in Kansas City, and they're going to get run out of the building. Now, to be fair, Travis Kelsey did not play, but I don't think – now, maybe they lose the game if Kelsey plays, but like, I don't Mike think Tirico. it's a blowout. Yeah, Tariko would like to remind everybody that he didn't play. You know, that, that's what he'd like to do. Yeah, he uh, just wants to make sure uh, everyone is aware that the guy they showed 19 times on the sideline is not playing in the game. Um, but like, so I, you know, there's not a dislike of the Lions. Like, I feel a um, a camaraderie with Detroit because of how our franchises have struggled <laughs> all these years. Shout out to the Rust Belt, like. So I, I want them to be successful. Um, I just thought it was, I think we probably all agreed, it was one of those hype trains that, like, there's always the one team in the offseason that the hype train just take, goes off the tracks with. The Browns have been that team before. So, like, mm-hmm. I just was like, man, they're going to come back to down to earth so hard. And they, I mean, they played, that is a tough, that's a tough place to go in and win a opening night kickoff game. Um and it was just fun to watch. It was fun to watch them go with the fake punt in their own territory on their first drive. Like that type of stuff. I just am like, Hey man, I want Dan Campbell to get as wild as possible. I want him to do the wildest stuff he can think of. And that is right on brand. And from that moment, I, I shifted a little bit. I was like, let's go lions. Let's do this. Now. I think maybe the, the hype train is, it hasn't increased, I don't think, but it's like, it's still going. I still don't know what the rest of the season is going to look like for them. I still don't know if like their offense really did not do that much. Um, and, you know, they've, they've got weapons. Jameer Gibbs looks like he's going to be a dog. You know, they've got um, St. Brown is a beast. He's going to catch everything you throw to him. Their offense still didn't really perform that well. So I don't know, you know, they'll go as far as Jared Goff can take them, I suppose. But for one for one night in uh, in Arrowhead, which is a really, really hard place to play, uh, they win. They did their thing. So I'm going to overreact with that and say, let's go. Like, lines to the playoffs. Let's. Uh, I'm ready. I'm on board. I've done a 180. So that's the overreaction I love because they've been down for a very long time. Everybody knows what it's there. Like, they've won one playoff game in however many years. Like, I, it's cool to have them be good. I think it's fun to have the Lions be good for once because we know how that feels. So uh, that's my overreaction that I love. All right, good stuff. Let's hit your one that you hate. Uh, the one that I hate, um, because I got to let the hate out of my heart, uh, Jake, as you know. <laughs> if you have hate, as Dave Chappelle once said, if you have hate in your heart, let it out. Um, man, the Baker Mayfield stuff. And listen, you can call me a hater <laughs> if you want. That's fine. I've been branded as such before, but... 
I cannot get over the sort of deja vu that I'm having um, as I watch right this sort of quote unquote gutsy win that the that the Bucks had over the over the Vikings uh, with Baker Mayfield running for a first down, very similar to what he did in that exact same stadium with the Browns, except he did a little high step, which everybody mm-hmm. made fun of mm-hmm. because he gained about two yards and he was high stepping. So just like really similar vibes, right? Where he gets his first down, he runs, he's mic'd up. The the Bucks released this clip where he where he takes Jake. Who was it that uh, that that tried to that did tackle him or did actually get him out of bounds? By- Byron Murphy, right? Baker, you know, is all amped up and says, you know, get your weight up, little boy. As he's, uh, I believe there was an f bomb in there, and it's just mm. like, man, this is just a movie we've already watched and a movie I'm really tired of. After you experience it, this sort of like bravado that just wears on you like that and now if you go through the comments of that tweet and listen i'm i'm not taking anything away from bucks fans who thought like man we're cooked without tom brady they get a big win a pretty surprising win over a vikings team that remains impossible to figure out but like so they're in the comments are like that's my quarterback i love his passion i love this and like i just can't help and think about how that is exactly how we were early on, you yeah. know, before it really starts to grind on you and grade on you, uh, especially when he has uh, not, and he didn't, you know, frankly, he had a very pedestrian game. So it's just like, man, I just can't, I can't do it with him. And that sort of bravado that like the smallest of plays where, yeah, like he got tackled out of bounds. You didn't truck stick anybody. Like what's going on, man. It's just that, that thing, man, that's the overreaction that like the Bucks and the love for Baker and the like, that's, I love my tough QB one, man. Like that, that's the stuff I can't do. I can't do it. So that's the stuff I hate because it feels too similar to what we've already experienced uh, here in Cleveland. Yeah. The, the bravado and toughness doesn't consistently complete passes as I like to say. So yeah. he'll, um, and cross the, that other, bridge. the other dimension of it is that it's not always there. If he was confident and cocky like that all the time, even when he was playing poorly, then it's like, okay, he is, you know, reliably a guy that's going to kind of buoy up his teammates. But when he is struggling, he's moody and, you know, insolent. He's, he's not he's not doing that sort of stuff to, like, rally the troops around him when he's having a bad game. He's a classic bully that likes to talk shit after he's, like, ch- uh, cheap shot at you. That, I mean, that's his whole thing, right? And so he only does this stuff when he thinks he can get away with it. And it's the Browns fans have seen the, the pattern. Bucks fans are going to figure it out by the end of the season that this this bravado does not stick around when it actually would help kind of like pick teammates up and like keep guys going. It's It's going to disappear. Yeah, I do like to tell Jake when I have a better take than him on a podcast. I like to tell him to get his weight up, though. So I get where yeah. Baker's coming from. I need to get my weight down. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, uh, okay, that's it. Detroit, Tampa. Love it. Over to you, Andrew. You have uh, first leading off your your uh, overreaction that you just love. My overreaction that I, I think I, I love is is a, a tricky word, Jake, as you know. Uh, what I would say is that I appreciate the uh, irony or the hilarity of the Packers uh, seeming to find another quarterback that they can win with in Jordan Love. Now, I know that um, it's one game, and I know that it was not like – he wasn't lighting the world on fire back there, right? But I think with Matt LaFleur's system, he just needs to be able to operate within it and then provide a little bit every now and again outside of that. 
and I think he has the wherewithal to do that. I think the the pass catchers that they've surrounded him with, the obviously the the you know the running game was a little inconsistent after Aaron Jones left, but Aaron Jones looked good. Uh, I, I just think the, the you know the Packers have a a pretty good system for quarterbacks, and I think. I think there's a decent chance, I mean, absent all of the injury stuff, that the Packers are going to be better off moving on from Aaron Rodgers and going to Jordan Love. And I just think that's I think that's wild to think about when you consider the 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 heater that Packers fans are on in terms of having a quarterback that they can get behind, right? And I, I think, yeah. you know, obviously we know how it happened last time, Favre handing off to Rodgers, and it's, it's really – you know, it's the it feels the same. Now, I don't I don't think Jordan Love's ceiling is comparable to what Aaron Rodgers did over his career, but I do think Browns fans know better than any other any other fan base the the pain of of really wandering into a season without a quarterback at all. And I don't think that's the situation the Packers are in. So they're going to be a relevant team this year. They're going to be in the conversation, and I think I I just think that's you know I think we kind of th- saw it coming, but it's still just surprising because it's, it's gotta be hard to string these together. It's uh that's a good way to put it. I, I think that what's annoying is that they found it's never pretty separating from a guy who's a legend who's getting old and wants to keep playing. Right. I don't exactly. think there's ever, there's never a perfect way to do that. It wasn't perfect with Rogers and it wasn't perfect here. Um, back then with Rogers, and it wasn't perfect here with love. Obviously now you can use the injury to say they made the right decision at the right time, but that's not even it. I, I think you're right that uh, it was just, it just gets to the point where it's time. It's time for the next guy to take the job. I, I think it's easy also to say, I'll, I'm not even really pushing back. I'm just making a general statement that that is something people also said about, you know, uh, when Aaron Rodgers took over for Favre, there's no way he'll ever be as good. There's no way. And he right. was you're so right. like, no, you're right. Would, the, would, would Jordan love being really good and like becoming one of the NFL's best, just me, leave me stunned. No, because it just is green Bay. And that seems to how it works up in, uh, you know, that, that area of the country. So, uh, but he was fine. I think that it was a good opener for him. He has uh, found a way to look and act as much like Aaron Rodgers on a football field as possible, which is amazing <laughs> to me. The ultimate compliment for Aaron Rodgers. And I tweeted this out. I'm sure you're laughing because of that. Like the, the guys that are with him, try to mimic him. That is a huge compliment. Like how he throws a football is so unique and so special. He's the best. I, I mean, guys in the generation before us will always say Dan Marino was the best throw of the ball they've ever seen. And I respect that. I didn't watch Dan a ton for me in the, in the golden era of quarterbacks that we saw, I've never seen a more gifted thrower of the ball than Aaron, right? Didn't have the most accomplished career. Uh, that'll obviously go to Tom and some others. You can make a con, you know, conversation around it, but he is the most naturally talented quarterback I've ever watched. And, and these guys who kind of mimic him, try to, you know, the, the front toe tap, the, the torque, the quick torque and the, and the, and the wrist snap that he does, it is so unique and it's becoming very popular. I know that the quarterback coach who works with Drew Aller at Penn state, who I just think is going to be so good. The Medina kid, the, the, he completely mimics what, what Aaron Rodgers does, right? They, they try to work that stuff as much as possible. So it's going to become more popular. Caleb Williams likes to try to do some of that stuff too. Um, All right. So the one, the one that you hate, let's hear that overreaction. Go ahead. It's and it's I I'm really not argue, arguing against what Jordan said earlier about Tua because I'm on board with the Tua thing and just generally what the Dolphins' offense is. But I think, like having watched a, a a significant majority of that game against the Chargers, it you know all credit to them for designing like the most fun offense in the NFL. But I just continue to be really gobsmacked by what Brandon Staley is as a head coach and supposed defensive you know, mind, genius, whatever, right? Like 
they just looked completely out of sorts routinely. And I know that some of that is who they're going against. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the Dolphins made the Browns look pretty similar last year, but yeah, uh, it, it just, you know, I think, I think that the genesis of this really is, is when I think when you zoom out and I know we'll talk about the AFC at large in a little bit, when you zoom out and look at like week one in the AFC, I, I think it's a, not super controversial to say that the Browns had the best win, the best performance of any team. And a lot, the, the main response I got to that was the Dolphins. And I, to me, watching that game, it's like, I think 20-some teams in the NFL are putting up significant points on the Chargers in that game. I just didn't see a defense that was doing, you know. And then on the flip side, the Dolphins' defense, which we were expecting to take, or I was expecting, I'll speak for myself, I was expecting to take a significant step forward with Vic Fangio. They gave up like 200-plus yards rushing to the Chargers, which is also not the main thing that the Chargers are known for. I know that they changed offensive coordinators, but, you know, that part of it was kind of a revolving door situation. So it it really was a lot like that Browns-Chargers game, you know, in L.A. two years ago where it was fun as hell to watch, and then at the end of it you're like, are both of these teams good? Are neither of these teams good? Who's, you know, it's like hard to know because it feels like you've just watched a basketball game on a football field, and it's just hard to take anything away from it, I guess is where I'm, I'm at with it. I think the Chargers organization can sound really callous, lacks a soul. Like they just like Staley. We're talking about how what like what guys like Tomlin and Sala and Campbell. There's just something about Staley and the, and who was before him. It's slipping my mind. Um, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn, great yeah. call out. Like they just they're always hyped up. They're very talented at spots. But they never seem to be the collective whole is never better than the parts. And that ultimately reflects on who's running the, the, the organization. And and I think Staley is fine. He's trying to grow out the beard to gather street cred. <laughs> I respect it's it. It's not a can we talk about it because it doesn't Yeah, look we gotta great. get into it. It doesn't, doesn't look, look great, great, does it? No. No. It doesn't. It's, I give him credit for trying. The... But... Yeah, it's got the whole like, you know, you're the first time you grew facial hair in high school and you're mm-hmm. like, let me just let this go. So Staley, if you're listening, which I know you are, um, yeah. shave it probably. Yeah, be yeah you, as, man. as, as a podcast that currently features three bearded men talking about football. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, Staley, we know Staley, Staley popped into this quad, made this a quad box. He would have the the weakest beard of the four of us. So he would. Yeah. It's got. I'm not go. saying something because mine is mine is not not nearly as strong as, <laughs> you, as got you two beard, six different ways. So. Maybe this is what you need to do: is find him and do a side by side quick, and he'd be like, "Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Oh, I see." Then he'd get it. Then, oh, I I see what's happened here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I made a mistake. <laughs> I I think that. I really stand by that. They're they're lacking something, right? Where we always say Pittsburgh has something that we can't quantify. There's just something because, like, you look at the parts and they're really fascinating parts, and it's just never under Staley and Lynn. It's never been able to quite match that. And I, I I'm with you on the pump the brakes on the Chargers love, right? I think Herbert could win some awards, which we predicted last week. And I think that could still obviously very much come to fruition, but they're going to lose those 35, 30 games. Like they just, there's something missing. There's a confidence from that person that doesn't seem to emulate through, um, you know, doesn't seem to be emulated by those on the field, put it that way. So uh, I'll do mine quickly. Uh, First for me is Pittsburgh. Very simple. I talked about with you, Andrew, about 14 different times. I could not understand the August love from a preseason mm-hmm. that these guys mm-hmm. were getting. They were getting pumped up to the point that I think they even started to buy it themselves. And Absolutely. 
they got boat raced. It was a boat racing from start to finish. Uh, the, the, all of the parts that they added were not good. And, uh, I just think it was a re it was just, it was proper to me because it told me that what am I missing? Like I didn't understand it and it was some verification. Now I hate that it's the Browns get them in week two because they're going to try to be very recalculated and honed in and, there's a lot of reasons to think Pittsburgh bounces back and plays better. Now, we still think that even if a Pittsburgh team playing better is not good enough to beat the Browns, we believe that here, right? So I don't think it'll matter, but I do think they'll be better than week one. But I just really, you know, this is the thing, man. It's like I could not understand it, and it played out the way even worse, I would say, than I expected for that to play out. So I really love that. It's an overreaction because I think Pittsburgh's not as bad as they are. But I loved the way it it played out, just because I thought there were some really smart people buying into preseason hype. And I'm like, how many, how many years do we have to see this to stop doing it? You know, it, it, it's a mistake people keep making. The other one is Arizona, which I think is the over a bigger overarching conversation that I mentioned a moment ago, where I talked about tanking. Okay, the Cardinals played hard. They lost twenty to sixteen. Had a chance to win. Right on. Good for you. They'll have chances to win this year. They're all they're collectively a bunch of professional football players, right? It's not the Iowa Barnstormers out there. So I would say that people will say, look, the Cardinals aren't tanking. See, they're not tanking. Well, no shit. Okay. The players on the field, the coaches in the coaches box, they're going to coach hard. What do we not understand that tanking happens at the personnel level? Decisions you make to move on from players, to move your better, older players for others, to collect draft picks, which we saw them do. That's where the tanking happens, right? You will never. And Lovey Smith and the Texans last year are a great example of this. The guys always play hard. You never see guys on the field just saying, ah, I kind of, I give it. Show me it. Show me that example of a player buying into tanking because it's never happened at the NFL level, right? You just make personnel decisions that allow those things to sort of organically happen. Do you guys get what I'm saying? I just, it drives sure. me absolutely crazy that they'll use that game as an example of they're not tanking. It doesn't happen at that level. Those guys are not in the locker room saying, hey, first and third quarters, let's go after it. But second and fourth, we're really just going to lay down and let this uh, take shape the way we need it to take shape. That's not how the sport works, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you can't do that, right? Yeah, we, we, that's, what, that's the cliche is that you'll, you'll end up getting hurt if you're not playing 100%. No, I think it's a great point. I think it's like, you know, we saw that with the Sashi Brown years where, you know, it was like, listen, now they didn't, (laughs) despite their best efforts, they were a horrible, horrible football team for multiple years. But it wasn't the product of not playing hard. It was the product of being the players they had on the field were bad. And the, uh, the veteran presence that was once on the team, they shipped off or they waved. Like, yeah, it was... Yeah, tanking happens at the front office level, you know, like they make a decision that this is how we're going to structure our team so that no matter how hard they play, we're going to lose more games than we win. So, yeah, the the idea that like, well, they're trying, so they're not tanking is like those things have nothing to do with each other. Like, yeah, you especially teams that are, quote unquote, you know, tanking the guys they have on their teams. Like, look at Josh Dobbs. That dude is fighting for his life to just be a starting. He's getting a chance to start in the NFL. That dude's going to fight for his life. He's going to play as hard as he possibly can. He doesn't have the talent where it's going to end up mattering against really good teams or even against the commanders, you know, like, so yeah, you're going to get guys that are playing for their football lives, but the talent, if the talent level doesn't match because of what the front office has done, you get what you, I mean, like when they cut, 
Colt McCoy, right? Like, not that Colt McCoy was going to salvage their season by any means, but it was like, oh, well, we don't have Kyler. You know, who's this very steady vet we've had in this organization for the past couple of years that we could use? Colt, uh, let's cut him. You know, like, it's that type of thing where it's like, they'd rather just throw a really young or guy that's unproven in so many ways um, like a Josh Dobbs who they traded for literally two weeks before the season started. So it's like, that's what they went with instead of somebody like Colt McCoy who they could have just rode with. So I think it's yeah. very spot on. And I think it's well put about tanking happens in the personnel decisions, not the actual players themselves. Right. It's when the Browns cut Joe Hayden. That's, that's, that's tanking. You know, it's yeah. just, that's the, that's the, Cardinals cutting Colt McCoy is the same thing, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I want to go back to the the your point on the Steelers, Jake, for just a second, because one of the things that I haven't had a chance to ask uh, you, and I'd be interested to hear Jordan's take on this too, is I've seen it floating around social media a little bit that people think that potentially Kenny Pickett got concussed in this game and it wasn't caught by either the independent, uh, you know, neurological monitor or the Steelers team doctors, and that that has something to do with his poor play, which. I I, I kind of I guess I don't know how I feel about that. If that is, uh, I mean, it the you know there's there's a clip of him hitting his head on the turf, and it doesn't look great. But it also kind of feels like a little bit of wishful thinking in terms of like, you know, part of the question this year is how good of a quarterback is Kenny Pickett going to be? And if the answer is well, he was hurt, then you can't evaluate it. Then maybe that makes it feel better that they got you know beat so bad. I don't know. I just wondered if either of you guys had seen that. I watched the first half all 22 and I didn't notice that. Now, again, that's something on slow-mo TV. Someone catches it and talks about it. I mean, he was not good. I I, I don't know. There's a level of coping that can happen there. We've, you know, we've kind of seen it. I understand the Bengals people are upset and like lining up offside stuff was funny today. Like I don't, I, you, you do, you do what you can to get through a loss, right? We all do it. And I, I may, maybe Andrew, I don't know. I have to see it. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, to 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 process. I don't know. Do, do you happen to know offhand what moment in the game that was? Was it? It was early. It was, early. it was like the second or third play. I think I'll I'll see if I can find the clip. Maybe it was when he scrambled because he rolls out to the left and then That's tries the to make somebody miss. That's the one, and he gets caught. dumped. He gets dumped. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't. I I would think that there'd be some someone catching it. I I really do. That's I, how I, I feel. Mean, I I feel like there'd be something. Kenny's talking to a coach, or they they'd realize it, or. You know, I know that we just talked about Denzel staying on the field 10 plays after he then had a reported concussion. And there's the only hit that you and I saw in that Kansas City game that even could have added up to a concussion unless something happened on the sideline or something. These things aren't always, I guess, the most obvious thing in the world. But from a quarterback's perspective, if he was feeling fuzzy, he would have said something like you cannot function doing all of the mental things you need to do. It's like somebody would have said something's off with him, like you would add a coach or a player with him or him, he himself. So I'm not really buying into that. Again, whatever Pittsburgh people want to do that, that's fine. It's a very gnarly way to go about it. But I didn't really think that there was something so out of character over the next two quarters that would cause me to say like, yeah, he, he clearly was, he just missed throws. He just missed them. He's inaccurate and it happens. It happens sometimes. And I think that's largely who he is. And it's my stance on their organization in general right now. But um, I'll take a look and dig in deeper. And if there's something different, I just, I saw that hit and I didn't really think much of it. Kind of got spun over top of the mm -hmm. guy. So if you slow-mo any hit, it's probably going to look pretty ugly in the NFL. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll dig into that a little more. Um, I think we've covered everything though, from, from the overreactions in week one. 
uh, from, from those two categories. So we're going to take a quick break, word from our sponsors, come back, and we have a couple more fun topics to hit on before we get out the door. So uh, we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. Listen, the Browns have the Titans coming in in Week 3. There's a chance these guys could be 2-0 and coming back to Cleveland for a home game. You should be looking ahead at buying those tickets, and Game Time is the right place to do it. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. 
Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, we are back, and we are going to go into a topic that I think I think it's fair to talk about this. So the AFC has been built up as a juggernaut, and it is, right? I don't think that has changed necessarily. But after watching Kansas City lose, Baltimore play to a struggle in the first half with Houston and then lose J.K. Dobbins, right, which is a meaningful part of their running game. You watch Pittsburgh get blown out. What other games are, are meaningful to the AFC? You, you watch Buffalo. Buffalo lose in the way they did, you know, obviously the Bengals, uh, the, what the Browns did to, is the AFC more wide open. Do you feel less nervous about the nature of the AFC being a juggernaut after week one? We'll go to you first, Jordan. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, right? Cause I'm looking, I'm just kind of looking at the list of teams in the AFC and thinking about their games. I mean, even like the Ravens didn't look particularly impressive against a, a Texans team obviously you talked about J.K. Dobbins and and that injury but just like in general they didn't really look that uh that impressive and then I mean like the Raiders uh, all the teams that are 0-1 outside of the Bills like I'm you know I mean the, I think the Chiefs and the Bengals are the ones that I think I have no doubt that they're going to bounce back um and they're going to play well and they will be they will be there at the end but it does feel a little more wide open especially like I mean, I think the Chargers offense is going to be fine, but yeah, I mean, thank you. Obviously, two of they were running a track meet, but like to Andrew's point, you just thought, who knows if they actually have a good defense or if like that's a team that's going to be actually able to stop people. Um, it definitely feels pretty wide open because I think a lot of these teams that are that are good also have major, major flaws. Um, yeah. And I think that makes it like if Josh Allen is going to decide that I think somebody – categorize it as he plays every down like it's the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and he by this point in his career like he should know that like bro it is week one and you cannot be like flinging your body across the field just on a like five yard run like if he's gonna play like that and if you can't pull that out of him which we may have seen enough evidence where like you can't um yeah, I mean, I think the confidence grew a little bit um, between the Rodgers injury, the Bills performance, and then some of these other teams' performances where it's like, yeah, I mean, especially from a Browns perspective, it's like they start out hot and you, you start to feel pretty good about where they could end up. So I, I definitely think it's wide open after week one, which may be an overreaction that people hate and we'll talk about on other podcasts, <laughs> but, I, but I'm into it. See, we started something good here. I, I will say – Full circle, maybe. I, for some reason, have always doubted Cincinnati. I've always been lower on them than I should have. And again, I was reminded in week one that they play Cleveland. They, the version of the Bengals against the Browns, I know they won that game you know, up in Cincinnati last year, but I didn't think the Bengals were overwhelmingly good in that game. I thought the Browns were just bad. Like they, Like, when I'm most focused on the Bengals, who we view as one of the top three contenders, they're and like they're awful. They were awful on Sunday. And it's like, so then I have to readjust my brain. I don't know who they have in week two. I can find it here. Baltimore. I think it's Baltimore. They'll probably be pretty good. And then it's like, I'm supposed to just buy into that team. I watched look like they had no interest in being there and just quit essentially well, at times, you know, it's just, it's hard. That's why the AFC is so, it feels, it feels attainable is kind of and, where I'm at. 
the the biggest issue I think the you know from the Bengals' performance, I think I thought the defense was was you know good. I thought, I mean, I think Joe Burrow is still hurt, right? Like the way they called that game, the way that he carried himself throughout the game, the fact that he wasn't really ever under center. Uh, I I think he's just not at a hundred percent. I mean, he he his escapability was not what it has been in in previous versions of this contest, and so. The question then becomes, what does that timeline look for him like for him? Because they're they're not going to sit him. Obviously, if they didn't sit him week one, they're not going to start now. So I can't believe that Andrew with that rain and what was going on up there. I know if I know. he's not right to start him in that game was like feeding him to lions. Like they were chomping at the but, bit to rush. I him. mean, you 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 saw it too, right? When you watch when you watch it back. Oh, he's, he's not right. Not, he's no. rubbing his knee. He's doing all this weird stuff. He's not moving well. Like yeah. It's a it's a very peculiar decision, almost yeah. a borderline disrespectful decision to think that it, you could just throw him out there and be comfortable and he'll just find a way. They'll get rid it. Of really it really reminds me of the the Mayfield shoulder thing in twenty one, right? Where yeah. the team didn't want him playing, but he wanted to play, and and you you know it gets into that sticky area where how do you tell the starting quarterback of your team to take a week off? It's very hard yeah, to yeah. do. So. But I think that for the Bengals, I think that's the big question, right? I, I think everything else is, you know, stuff that you think they can probably iron out. But it's very strange to not hear anybody talking about that. I mean, this is something you mentioned earlier, Jake, right? Like the 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 company line across the board throughout the NFL is the Bengals are going to be fine. Just blow it off because they lost to the Steelers last year and Burrow was horrid. He threw like four interceptions. So now, because it happened once, the way that NFL analysis works is, well, it happened once, so that's always how this works now, is that he can just, the Bengals can just mail in week one and it doesn't matter. But like, if he's like this for four or five weeks, it and I think the chance of re-injury is out there too, if he's moving around the way that he is right now. So that's just one team, but I think they're they're one of the best teams. He did get a haircut. I think we're missing that in our analysis here. He That's has a, a very important reminder. Thank you. That he said uh, he got because he played so poorly. Um, so he changed up his hair. And I just don't, you know, you can't quantify that analytically. I think there should be a stat for that, but we don't have it yet. But I'm, I'm just saying that um, he did get a haircut. So I think we need to take that into account as we move forward. Bengals first five weeks, you said Ravens week three. They um, host the Rams, who might be better than we think they are, right? So they host them. And then in week four, they go to Tennessee. Never easy to win there. Week five, they go out to Arizona. Okay, we'll move on from week five. But (laughs) they're not tanking. They're not tanking. They're going to play hard. Yeah, Rams, Titans, Cardinals is not not the worst uh, (laughs) next three after the Ravens. So I tried my best, guys. I really tried. To pick up the 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 larger thread, you know, and kind of echo what Jordan said. I kind I tend to agree that the Chiefs and the and the Bengals will find their way back to being the class of the conference. And so then I do feel like what's going on with Josh Allen puts them at least for now until like he can prove that he's got it out of his system. You can't it's brush the, off the turnover numbers. You can't. No, they're alarming no, for. No, Josh. it has. You, you have to. And start a lot of Buffalo people are doing that. And I get right. it. You would do that too if that was a Browns quarterback. He's. A, you heard it with Mayfield too. He's a gunslinger. You got to right. take the good with yeah. the bad. But those no, interceptions <laughs> were more than gunslinger. Yeah. Like those were yeah. bad. Like those you were free. See yeah. a dude yeah. standing in front of the route and you're throwing it anyway. Like yeah. Yeah, it's just bad interceptions. You yeah. know who we've <laughs> never called one of the best quarterbacks to ever live as a gunslinger, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You just, Jeff I know George. Favre gets that label. I understand, but that was yeah. a different time. It's a different mm-hmm. time of the position. And like, 
he needs to make better decisions. And if he doesn't, he's not, he's going to, he's going to get paid and he's going to be among the better ones in the league, but he's never going to be the guy that I think people in Buffalo think he would be, which is the guy in the league. So you can brush those issues aside all you want, but you know, you gotta, you gotta really be serious about it. We'll switch to Rogers, the injury. We've talked about it already enough, but what I wanted to do was ask you guys, has there been an injury this early in a season where you felt like a team went from they got a chance to be really good here to they're just done, like they're done, even though they had fun and won that game and it was really cool. You're not doing this with Zach Wilson. You're just not. And like I, I think we had talked in the pre-show that the Mike Vick preseason ACL was one. That was like 04, I think, or something 04. like that. 04 mm-hmm. Madden, he was on the cover. So everybody, that was, was like so the big good. Madden curse one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Then Dante, then, yeah, Brady in 07. Was it 07 that he, or 08? Yeah, I think. 08. One of those two. Super Bowl. Yeah. He got, he yeah. got blasted in week one in the knee. And they changed the way that they legislated hitting the quarterback after that. Um, but, Shocker. and that was even one where it's like, with well, the team around him is so good that even Matt Castle maybe can, like, grind this out you know which i think what they end up going like 10 and 6 so no i think uh, they went 11 and 5 and missed the playoffs okay if i recall they went 11 it was wild i could someone could fact check me on this pod but i, I think I'm that they went 11 and five. i hope i'm right i moment. hope i'm right i can't wait for you to tell me i'm wrong i'm pretty sure yeah. that they 11 and 5 didn't, didn't make it but anyway <laughs> is there one in recent memory we're forgetting i'm sure someone's going to dm me or laugh at when i post the yeah pod tweet tomorrow. us please are you, is that it? Are we, you guys can't think of any, I, I can't um, either. Nothing, nothing like that in 75 seconds. It went like that. Yes. Um, and I think too, we were talking pre-show, but like the, it was so weird, right? Because the play happened, you didn't really think anything of it. And he even gets up. Right. But then I remember yep. when he shook his, he looked at the sideline and he shook it. He shook his head. I was like, Oh, something's wrong. And then when he sits yeah. down, sort of the gravity comes, but it was so strange because it just sort of happened and nobody really was sure what was going on because it wasn't like he got blasted on a sack or yeah. anything. It was a pretty um, normal tackle, like pretty mild tackle. So I think like because of the gravity of it and then because like I was reading an interview um, that the athletic did with Joe Buck about like, he was like, we had all this Roger stuff prepped and we had to scrap all of it. Like we had that whole broadcast was built around Aaron Rodgers that ESPN was running and they literally didn't know what to do. They had to completely scrap everything. So like, yeah, I can't remember outside of Vic. And this is different because it was already in the playoffs, right? When Carson Palmer blew out his knee and like, mm-hmm. but they were, yeah, that's a good that one. team was stacked and everybody thought the Bengals at that time were like this ascending team. And then that happened, yeah, but that wasn't right. That was in the playoffs, but that sort mm-hmm. of stopped what that team was. But I don't think like week one, as hyped up as that Jets team was the hard knock stuff where everybody sort of, you got an inside look at all that, man, that combo of factors. I don't know how you come close. Yeah, and then the fact that the backup quarterback is the guy that they spent all of last year realizing they had to move <laughs> on from, and and like yeah. this, this is underrated bad like roster management to not get that guy off your roster and figure out somebody else to have there because you you obviously you don't want to like go into the season planning to have to play Zach Wilson ever, but it's just it's now, now they're in this position where they they're going to have to replace him at some point. Like there's there's not a scenario in which he starts the rest of the games for them. I just don't think that's possible. No. But in the meantime, you know, you you have you go from having it's not even the question of like maybe the backup can do it. They know for a fact he's not the guy, right? And so 
it's going to, it's going to take probably what one or two weeks before there's another guy on, on that roster. And, and then the calls start and it becomes this whole cycle, by the way, Burns, you nailed it. Uh, 11 yes. and five and missing the playoffs in 2008. Wow, so hats go. off to you, sir. I only remember it because the year before the Browns went 10 and six and didn't make the playoffs. And I remember that being like, Oh, teams can do this. Like be good like this and <laughs> not make the playoffs. That kind of sucks. So, um, yeah, I don't either. Again, I, I'm sure somebody's going to remember like a running back that maybe in the nineties towards ACL or so. I, I don't, I don't have anything for that. Um, it was pretty unique, pretty unique situation. Uh, is there anything else from the week that you guys just either thought was funny or interesting that you want to hit on? Uh, Andrew, I'll go to you first. If you've got any, any funny takes, any funny yeah. things, any occurrences. Yeah. The, the one thing that kind of, I think it, went under the radar a little bit is uh tank bigsby the uh, rookie running back for the jaguars uh had a kind of a just a boneheaded moment he's a rookie you know he's, he's still thinking about college rules and uh there's a, a ball that uh trevor lawrence is going back to pass it gets knocked out of his hands and it ends up bouncing to tank bigsby who picks it up and he's standing there and there's no whistle right and so yep. the, the colts very alertly knock it out and somebody picks it up i think it was deforest buckner ended up scoring on the play so it's a touchdown and it's it's all set up by the fact that the, this dude caught the ball and then was just standing there. And it's a really interesting, you know, kind of gray area in the rules. Now, obviously, generally speaking, if NFL players don't hear the whistle, they keep playing. In the situation where a, a player is just standing still, he was faced away from the end zone he was moving toward. Like he's facing back towards his own quarterback. He, it, it's That almost feels to me like a version of giving yourself up in a way, right? Because like... He's not competing. So it, it felt a little bit, I don't know, kind of like in the on the playground where somebody's like, you, you didn't touch first and now I'm tagging you out. And you're like, what, ha- what happened? You know, it was like a little bit of a technicality and it felt very strange that it happened in an NFL game. And then also that it didn't really get like a ton of coverage, which is weird to me because it feels like the sort of thing that should get talked about a lot. But I, it's week one, so there's plenty to talk about. I find it very funny every first few weeks of a year when the college guys get into the league and butcher it. I think Jameer Gibbs did the same thing. He slipped and fell in that opener when he could have gotten yeah, and then up they and just maybe like go still to had a chance. Yeah, it is, but it's such a huge rule difference. It really is a massive rule difference between the two that it's not surprising, and especially because like at practices you don't really rep that. Most of the time guys are kind of stopping earlier, making sure someone doesn't get hit or – touching up the ball carrier right because you're not taking guys to the ground so it's always funny that's second funny to like defensive linemen on any forward screen pass that is no matter what bluntly obvious forward scoop it up like a fumble every time like they can't help themselves it's always always pretty funny all right jordan anything from you yeah uh this happened uh, today actually uh the we talked we referenced the lions earlier and how they you know the hype train and how they win in kansas city and um, they have they have CJ Gardner Johnson now, who is a he's a talkative fellow. That's how I would that's how I would describe good old CJ. He likes to he likes to talk, likes to rile things up on the field. Um, chirpy, he chirpy fellow. Yeah, a little chirpy, a little chirpy. Um, he has encouraged uh, Lions fans, so they have their they have their home opener uh, this uh, this coming weekend. He's encouraged that Lions fans uh, wear blue ski masks to the game. Um, which sounds like a really enjoyable and comfortable way to watch a football game. Person is by wearing, especially in a dome, uh, just throw yeah. on a ski mask. I'm sure that atmosphere is going to be great. Uh, so he wants uh, Lions fans to wear ski masks. And apparently the ones that he basically were like, buy these, they're blue. 
uh, they sold out on Amazon in just a couple of hours. So I, now I don't know how many of the, however many Ford field sits uh, have actually bought these ski masks, but I am laughing very hard at just the idea of like walking into a stadium and it looks like uh, 20,000 people are going to, are just going to rob you immediately when you walk in. Like I'm imagining like a dad and his son and it's the son's first game and they do not, they're not plugged into the news cycle in any way. <laughs> like, like us degenerates are as I, you know, am on, on still on Twitter for most of my day. And you're just like, these guys are just walking towards you with masks on. You're like, what's going, what's going on here, son? I think I, I made a mistake and I don't want you to be a football <laughs> fan anymore. And they turn around and leave. So uh, looking forward to that family experience. But um, the idea also, like, I think he's doing this. I think he called them like, you know, we're the, we're the villains now, which like, you're not, I mean, the you're not, no, I don't think the Lions could all. ever be a, a villainous franchise in any way. Um, but listen, I appreciate, I appreciate the, the, the idea and I can't wait to see what it looks like on television. Just a bunch of like bunch of guys, just a bunch of bros hanging out with their friends, wearing ski masks, going to the game, you know, just classic stuff. Uh, so looking forward to that. You know, they're going to be everywhere. You know that you, you, you know, like they if, are. If, uh, and... if Zadarius or somebody new um, that, that Juan Thornhill seems like he'd be the type, mm-hmm. um, Asked Browns fans to do that, they would be everywhere. And if, if you do it in the appropriate week, it'd probably be helpful, actually, to wear listen, one of those. Listen, given yeah. it the, would be also uh, maybe some Brown of the Elf masks for the crowd. Uh, uh, yeah. One of our, what are you, you guys on board with that? Or maybe the next Bengals game we get. It's so funny. Masks. The yeah, the way that Chase has galvanized uh, Browns fans' support for the elf is hilarious. This is why you don't, you don't take aim at, uh, you just don't take aim at the sacred elf. I have tried to warn, so tried funny. To warn him. You don't do it. It was, it, it was, I, I guarantee you that that fan vote for the, what goes at midfield was close. Cause a lot of people love the dog logo yeah. that they chose this year. Yeah. And I think now if they did it again, it would be like a elf pride is back mm. in Cleveland in a big Tide. way. It's, yeah, it's, it's at an all-time that, high. It's a, yes, the it's elf surging. community. Yeah. The elf community right now, morale could not be higher. That's right. Them, so that's right. Uh, <laughs> we love it. Yeah, I I don't um, I I really don't understand the stuff from Jamar. I really don't. It's a level there Very of arrogance weird. that is absolutely insane. It's wild to think that people don't cling to that. You had JOK. If you guys watch the mic'd up, JOK telling. Newsome on the sideline let's all tweet it like they hated it and it's like <laughs> thinking that it's funny or cool to like make fun of someone else's mascot will never not be weird to me the browns guys who are drafted to play for this organization have no control over what the the yeah. logo is so thinking like yours is cooler or makes you superior is so yeah but it's, it's also just like arrogant. like i get it the Bengals have won a lot so you know jamar is gonna be arrogant but it's just kind of like yeah why would but it's you weird. give they... any motivation They've won a lot, but not against the Browns. Like, that's what – it's like, pick your spots, man. The Browns have yeah. wiped the floor with you guys, especially at home, like you mentioned. It's just a weird spot to pick, and it's like, listen, man, if you have a pedestrian game, you're going to look foolish, and then you're going to give a foolish post-game interview that's going to make it even worse. Yeah. So, like, he's a weird dude, man. He's a weird cat. Like, he's very good, obviously, at football. But, man, he's got some some clown tendencies, as as they say. He, he's got some clownish tendencies to him. So we'll – uh just leave the elf out of it, man. Don't leave the elf out of it. Uh, this is the, looking. The Bengals want to believe they're far superior, and I get right. it. They've done more, re- right. but they just they yeah. view 
the Browns as this inferior franchise and it's kind of, it trickles through the fan base. Doesn't take much to look around and see that this week, but it is just kind of perplexing to me given their results against that organization in recent years. So it's, yeah. it's Andrew, looking sorry. way too far into the future, but that's th- crazy that they play week one and week 18. Right. So it's wild. The, yeah. I, I would dearly love for that game to be meaningful and uh, an elf debate to be one of the main motivating forces that gets everybody riled up in uh, the early January of 2024 uh, for week 18 and a game that, like if it decided the AFC North and most of what we were talking about as an elf mascot, I would be pleased as punch. Cleveland is Cleveland. It seems to be the bigger issue that they right. didn't like. Yeah, that right? too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, all right. That's a good topic to finish on. We will do one quick thing. What are you looking forward to most this weekend? It can be week two. It could be a player. Uh, we'll quickly go through that, and then we'll get out the door. Andrew, you're up. Week two, look ahead. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, the anticipation's through the roof, obviously, for the Browns game. Other than that, I do think it's... Oh it's what do the other two teams in the division look like, you know, week two, two divisional games is important. And so we already talked about the Bengals bouncing back from what happened in Cleveland. The Ravens have a boatload of injuries that, that all were incurred in a, in a, you know, the score ended up making that game seem like it wasn't that close, but it was seven, six at halftime. They, they, Mm -hmm. their offense struggled to get going. Uh, and so I, I will, I will be watching that game at one o'clock on Sunday, very closely just to kind of see barometer of where those two teams are at. Jordan. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sort of along the lines of, you know, the Bengals to see how they look. I'm, but I'm curious for the teams that like the bills and to a lesser extent, the chiefs, just seeing how they bounce back. The chiefs, I, I think are going to be just fine. The, they get, tri- they'll, they'll probably have Kelsey back and, and they'll be all right. The bills is going to be a real fascinating one to see how mm-hmm. Josh Allen, uh, and he's, you know, he's got a certain receiver that, uh, is not afraid to let his uh, feelings be known. So as, as that goes along, as they get deeper into this relationship, even though you saw Stefan on the sideline, hyping him up and being like, come on, man, everything's fine. Like eh, he knew there was a camera there. So we'll, uh, you had like we'll the shoulder see. pads off and everything. When yeah. I saw that, I was like, Oh, this is not good. It's kind of the same as, uh, the, the George Pickens liking a, a comment about, <laughs> yeah. about yep. Kenny Pickett. It's like, it was like something about who's throwing if you the only football. A quarterback then, could get, yeah. Get him the ball yes. or something like one that. Weekend. Yeah. Today, one weekend. Today he was like, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I heard some people talk. He, he played it off so hard, and I was laughing. I love it. I, was I like, love it, dude. Hey, man, pictures um, don't get liked or comments don't get liked by accident. So you can tell people. I turn off the comments on Lola. Okay, man. Sounds good. All right. I think pretty yeah. much a, we're all on a level playing field understanding how social media works, buddy. So, and then I, I was yeah. just going to say, unfortunately, I think the weather's still going to be warm, so Tomlin won't have a jacket on. I just want—I'm curious mm, if he's going to zip it. Or, I'm curious zipper if he's going to zip it or not. We're on we're on jacket watch 2023, but it's probably going to be too warm, so we'll uh, we'll have to wait for their second matchup for that. Maybe might be might be a sign it. of toughness oh. for him though to to wear the jacket mm. even though yep. it's hot, right? Because yep. they, he's not the heat's not getting to him. No, maybe he could channel some, some Detroit energy and also wear a ski mask. I like that for him. Ski, like ski that mask, him. unzip jacket in uh-huh. the middle of summer. Yeah. Late early with a fall. lanyard. I'd like a lanyard hanging out the pocket. Too. <laughs> a big, yeah. big unwieldy lanyard. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. This is good. I like it. Uh, as far as a look ahead, you mentioned the chief. I am fascinated by the chiefs because yeah. again, Bengals too. We are, but you talked about them too, Andrew, their division game. There's all these people who are like, Hey, 
you know, don't uh, don't worry about them. They'll be fine. It'll be great. They, they go to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy place to play. It's not an easy place mm-hmm. to win. And that's a better football team than they have been. They continue to get better. Trevor Lawrence had some absolute seeds. You don't mm-hmm. talk about slanging that seeds. thing. Mm-hmm. Slanging that Ooh, thing. Baby. He was slanging the pill. And yep. he is getting better and better. And I think there's some really rough data out there about teams who start 0 and 2. So I uh, just, we're watching. We got our eyes on you, Kansas City. Got our eyes on you, Buffalo. And we certainly have our eyes on you, Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, AFC is more open than ever. It's a fun podcast. We covered a lot of, uh, a lot of shit. We'll say it that way. A lot of shit in this podcast. <laughs> you know, I think we, we covered about everything in the league. And we should be looking forward to a fun week, too. And I, I, I again, look forward to getting together with you guys next week. So, Jordan, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me. It's always fun to to bop around the league with you guys. And uh, hopefully we're, we're talking about our uh, 2-0 Browns next week. We went through this whole thing, and we didn't mention Russell Wilson once. Russ, we need you. Mm. We need you Russ, to come. Please. I need a quote. Yeah. I need to take the – unleash. We don't talk about unleash T-shirts. Unleash Russ. We need you can't, Russ content. You can't lose and not have it be funny, right? Like, you yeah. can't just lose and be normal. Like, that's not what we're looking for. So, let's mm-hmm. let's go. Yeah, home game against Andrew? The, the Commanders. He he should, you know, they maybe they get a win and he starts to talk a little bit. That's what we'll we'll wish we, we need him talking. What we need, we need yeah. him talking. I, the Russ last year was a was a gold mine of content, yeah. and we need or him somebody back. else we needs need to him. step up, right? Kirk Cousins needs to get a little more vocal. I mean, there are other options here. I, I would prefer Russ, but we could go a different direction if we have to. Justin Somebody's Jefferson, pretty pretty hot after that loss. Mm-hmm. When Justin Jefferson watched, no new contract for him. Just saying. Watching it out of the corner of my eye, Andrew. We appreciate your time as well, buddy. As uh, this is this is quite a few you're doing every week, man. So so thanks for stopping by, taking your time. Always a treat, Jake. All right, that's a wrap. Join us at the OBR. Same spiel. I always say, join us at the OBR. Take advantage of I think the best Browns online community you will find. Um, I still think we have some great deals on membership. You can try us out for a dollar for your first month just to see if we're worth your time. Take advantage of that. Rate and review the podcast helps uh I, I really do think we've seen a great uptick in numbers of people listening to this show and i don't know if it's because more of you are reviewing it more people are finding it i cannot believe it's because of talent because the talent is very mediocre but uh no offense to you guys just it was more of a no thing i am gone garbage That's i actually thought the it. guys had left i thought they were gone so sorry about <laughs> Ooh, that uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> no listen thank you for doing that you guys have left quite a few of them that helps and uh, you know, what, what I mean by that is just somebody trying to find a podcast and searching Cleveland Browns. We come up near the top. So that is a giant kudos to you. So for me, somebody, Andrew, uh, and, somebody oh. leave a negative comment on Jake's Instagram so I can like it. Well, I don't have an Instagram. I've oh. actually gotten out of that. Okay. I've gotten out of that. Or social just Twitter. Game. I will like, I will like <laughs> your trash talk on, on Jake's Twitter just to, to kind of get a little, you know, little right, for, George for, Pickens for, feel. I will say for me, the bastard, Andrew, and then uh, for Jordan, (laughs) we appreciate you guys stopping by. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Go Browns.